Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my co-host, per usual. We're on a streak, Elliot. How you doing tonight? I am doing great. We just need more mallards in the area. And the mallards that are here are complete jerks. But other than that, everything's going pretty good. It's awesome. Well, I don't want to hear you complain about it because you got me beat on the mallard front. I, I've only shot six mallards this year, so I don't, I don't have you beat by much. Oh. I'm behind, man. But, hey, I, assumed I it was did more. gain 10 points on you in the leaderboards today. Mm. Oh, actually, I've shot eight because I shot two today. So I've gained 10 points on you in the leaderboard. I'm slowly creeping on you on the Freelance Sunsets leaderboards. The doesn't take much with the way I've been, uh, my hunt's been going. So, but well, yeah. I haven't actually, I haven't been cleaning up. I mean, I'm still averaging three ducks a hunt, but you nice. know, I've been struggling. It hasn't, it hasn't been great. I've had some, some bad ones, yeah, some bad ones and some decent ones. I haven't had a good hunt for two, three weeks. I haven't had like a good one. I started off strong. Early season was great. Dove season, which doesn't go towards the points or anything, but it goes to uh, my mentality and how I feel. Dove season was awesome. Mm-hmm. Early goose was awesome. Um, you know, chasing the opener series did leave some to be desired, but I still had a ton of fun. But uh, then our local opener—that's back when I got got going. Um, we did. We started off pretty strong then, but man, since then it has tapered off hard, and we're. In the November law, and I made last week's podcast the episode. You can beat the November law, but I feel like I'm getting beat by it. So I'm a fraud. Hmm. That's how I feel. Well, I'm seeing plenty of birds. I'm just not getting at them. I'm seeing enough, but I'm just not getting, not putting them on the water. Yeah. Well, that's all. You know, that's that's what counts is putting them on the water. I know. I went two for ten today. Did not make me happy. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Jordan esque. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's been rough. I did. Uh, I switched today to my twenty gauge, but then I just didn't get to shoot, so it didn't didn't really make a difference. It really didn't get get shots. So I could. That was just... a beautiful place uh, that you were at today. Maybe you ought to try to. Hunt that on the front. So how far away was that from your house? About an hour 15. Yeah, and you've never never hunted it before, huh? No, I've hunted it. I've got skunked four times. It's a cool-looking place. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, for really? Well, it's, it's a draw. Oh, my you, gosh. That's the, that's the best I've ever had on the draw. But today was like 15, 20 mile per hour. 20, it was like 20 mile per hour and gusty. Um, and it was also 57 degrees. So... Wasn't the optimal day to go, I guess. I figured with the wind, I didn't were you think even, that. Were you seeing birds flying? Not, not very many. And the guy I was hunting with a guy who uh, who goes out there all the time. He lives like five, ten minutes away. He's like, 
Mm-hmm. He's like, man, this is the slowest I've seen it all year. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like the one time I come out here, <laughs> yeah. we got, we got fifth pick. Of course. Fifth pick on the draw. Got a corn blind, which they don't have a lot of. And, uh, of course, he's just like, man, I can't believe how dead it is. The slowest day of the year. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> that's when you, That's when you take off your glove one finger at a time. And they just slap him. <laughs> you've, you've seen that old, they used to do that. It's like one finger at a time. They put the glove in their hand, slap it against their hand, and backhand gloves. Is that like a Western move or something? No, it's like an English, like an Englishman move. Mm. Like a like a proper, I don't know what those type of rich, aristocratic English guys. English guys? So you should have done I feel like I'm I'm more American. Maybe I should just sucker punched him. <laughs> sucker punch him. Not just punch him. You're like, hmm, I think I see one. <laughs> right over there. Next thing you know, he's he's waking up in the blind alone and you're gone. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. He was super cool. So um yeah. He's he'll he'll be listening to the podcast so I, I, and be like, What the heck? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what in the world? They're talking about sucker punching me and slapping me, just beating him up. Yeah. <laughs> nah, he was cool. Well, he did. Uh, you know, if he, he did, I will say this: he did. He did uh, comment on uh, um, <laughs> Matt's mouth calling. He's like, "What is? What is he doing? <laughs> like, what is up with that mouth calling thing?" It's like, <laughs> like we're all wondering, Matt, man. Just stop. We're all stop. wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch that video, so I can't. I can't comment oh, on it. But just I, go watch I the know intro. Aiden, Aiden does it sometimes too. It's in the intro. He literally is standing in his decoys. He crouches down, drops the dead duck that he's retrieving, and starts going quack quack. <laughs> <laughs> I will. After this, I will. Okay. Sorry, Matt. Matt's gonna listen to this too. Oh, uh, Matt, it's just too good not to talk about. Okay. You're just feeding us. Matt is like the Matt is like the star of the show. He he provides so much, so much content, so much content. I know. I feel like maybe I went across the line with mocking him on Marco Polo with the puppet thing. I felt like that was maybe <laughs> uh, I crossed the line with that. I thought maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. He yeah he takes it pretty good, man. Because I, I I I feel like I give him a lot of crap, and he takes it pretty good. So. Yeah, but I don't. I don't really. And yeah, I, th- I think I I think that he may have shed a tear. I think he one. he looks up to you as like a father figure. Well, I mean, I could probably put him on my lap and bounce him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I get some weird visuals right now, but <laughs> <laughs> on one knee, you know. <laughs> Biden uh, style. <laughs> <laughs> Sniff him while he's quacking. Gosh, what's the matter with me? Last week, I'm talking about suffocating my children. This week, I'm talking about pulling Biden moves on Matt. I'm losing <laughs> it, man. <laughs> I got to get a grip. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. That one's too good. <laughs> I, listen, I, I listened to that yesterday. I'm like, I said that? <laughs> I said that publicly? <laughs> I haven't let my wife hear that one yet. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. 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 So podcast episode for today. We're having um, Yak Gear on tonight. 
Elliot has done some work with them on their kayak blind. So super, super cool endeavor that Elliot's been working on and I'm excited to have them on and hear from them. But, Absolutely, guys. If you if you are looking for a kayak blind, because tons of people are, because there's just nothing out there. They are fully stocked at Yak Gear. They've got them loaded. They've got a bunch of them on, in stock. So you can listen to Jaron and I and Jordan talk all about this product. And if that's something you need, you can run and grab one. Awesome. You got any kind of other updates before we, we get into it, Elliot? No, not really. I've just been hunting the smartest mallards on the planet. They just, oh my gosh. You know, we were talking before season about how the hatch was so bad this year and how there's just not many juveniles. I I feel like it's really playing out because I'm not seeing call responsive mallards and gosh, these ducks I've been hunting the last few times have been just so smart. Not flaring, just even singles, just smart. Like you got landing 200 yards out or 45 yards out. I mean, just smart, smart mallards. And I've just spending hours and hours and hours just being, to- I feel like that I'm just being toyed with my, like they're mocking me is how it feels at this point. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's unbelievable. And and I'm obviously in a different, different area. So I'm, I'm going to just put my take on it, but I feel like they get, when you say they're smart, I mean, when you have migrators, you haven't had any issues though. So it's like, maybe they get stale faster. Yep. So, I mean, because they're smarter it, when they come in, they get stale quicker. Um, but I think it's still, yeah. it's still a small sample size. I'll be, I, and I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I'm just saying I'll, I'll be interested to see how the whole season plays out because we're still, you know, st- you're still fairly new on 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 just the mallard hunts this this time of year. So oh, for sure, for sure. And I do believe these birds have been here for a long time. And if you, I don't know if you watched my last video or not, but man, we had a group suck right into this little timber slough we were hunting i mean just perfect so you know it's just i think these birds have been in this spot for a while they've been in the area for a while and and that certainly plays into it they just know what decoy spreads look like is how it feels mm-hmm. and it's man it's i've been putting in hours to try to get these dumb little birds in and they're just working me over yeah that's frustrating for sure so you got any uh big plans coming up or are you just kind of sticking to the same same kind of hunting leading up to the next couple I don't, of weeks. I, re- I don't know. I'm not, I'm really not sure what I'm going to do. Um, I've got some options, but I don't know. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this, we've got a little cool down. It's going to get below freeze in the next couple of days. So I'm hoping we get some fresh birds, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Gotcha. I'm going to hunt with Aiden Saturday. I think we're probably going to go back to that slough. Nice. So hopefully it'll, it'll pan out. Yeah. Like I said, I've been having a little rough go of it. Um, I mean, I had I've had two skunks in a row, which I've before I've been just kind of nickel and diamond them as I call it. You know, um, a few birds mm-hmm. here and there, public land, freelancing, and I, you know these last two hunts are really the first. I think they're the first skunks of the year. So, um, complete skunks, yeah. So, man, it, it, the, those kind of hurt. So, hopefully. We get some birds coming in here, but the weather looks pretty stagnant. It's going to warm up here a little bit and then kind of just stay where it's at. So I don't see any big weather systems or anything like that. We do got a couple of days with north winds, but not not anything major. So um, I just need that forecast in the fronts to come and, and, and then, you know, that to happen before season ends. So. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. We need a big, cold, super cold blast. Oh, yeah. 
Yep, for sure. Well, yeah, let's go ahead. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's go ahead and get a quick word from our partners, and we'll jump right into it. So first off, we got Onyx. Um, guys, if you haven't checked Onyx out, it's been a huge help. I actually went out on this weekend after my hunts. I spent four hours knocking on doors. And Elliot, I think I said it over the Marco, but I got three yeses. So I've got three awesome. new locations up in Michigan, which like three in one day, That's I think that's a new high score for me. I'm not going to lie. So. <laughs> Yeah, well done. Well yeah. done. Super excited about that. But Onyx, right in the palm of your hand, click on the landowner's name <clears throat> right there, their property. It gives you their name. It gives you their tax address. You can go to their house, knock on the door, and, you know, sometimes you get lucky. So it's changed um, the ease for us being able to get property and access that way. So check them out, guys. Onyx um, app is the best way to do it, but they got the website as well. I want to talk about motion ducks. It's a new motion system. It's just a jerk rig, but the next level. And we're using it, and it is making a huge difference in our duck numbers. It's it's really does an amazing job. You can use the four duck system or the seven duck spreader. It's lifelike motion, which is what's different than your traditional jerk rig. You can actually move them like a flock swimming. It sets up in seconds. Highly mobile. It's just a fantastic product. Duck gun all caps 2020 for 10% off. Awesome. <clears throat> also like to give a big thanks out to Tetra. So Tetra is um, one of our newer partners for the podcast, and we're super excited to have them on board. Guys, only one in nine waterfowl hunters wear hearing protection, and it's 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 time we uh, make a change for that. Uh, there's been studies that have shown that it leads to uh, dementia. So that definitely, or not, dementia and Alzheimer's. And that's definitely not something I want to have to deal with in the future. So you can <clears throat> you can damage your hearing with as little as 15 minutes of shooting um, ducks unprotected. So definitely, definitely something that I need to do better at. I've been in a habit, you know, early on of not wearing hearing protection. But with Tetra, it makes it easier than ever before. You can still hear your buddies. You can hear the sights and sound of the marsh. Um, with the technology they've used in their hearing protection. So it's tetrahearing.com, and you guys can check them out over there. I'm going to give you guys a little insider tip, and you better go jump on this right now. If you've been waiting for the Bandit Aspire Ignite gear, it's they've got a limited supply in right now. Now, not the waiters, but some of the, the vest, the hoodie, they, last time I checked, there was like 75 of those available. Bandit.com, the Aspire Ignite. Man, that is absolutely incredible equipment to wear. So go check it out and pick that up before they're there. They're going to be gone fast. Go grab it. Bandit.com. Awesome. Another new partner for the podcast, guys, and this is uh, this is going to be a, a favorite of Elliot, I believe. But um, we got Manscaped on board with us. <laughs> and so they are uh, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming the champions of the world, Manscaped, offering precision engineering tools for your family jewels. It's time to get your own ball hair and body trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice, smooth boys. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DuckGun at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping, and free shipping at Manscaped.com using code DUCKGUN. That's all caps on DUCKGUN. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tool for the job with Manscaped. 
Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0 join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaping for their exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping use code DuckGun. That's all caps, guys, for the podcast. DuckGun at manscaped.com. Um, and the tools for Jordan's <laughs> Oki Jewels. The Oki Jewels. <laughs> <laughs> Def- definitely a lot of jokes we can make for that. Guys, the, the Freelance Sun Stats app is out. Jordan and I have been working hard on this for like a year, and it is out. It's out on iOS. It's out on Android. Everything you can do on the website, you can now do on your phone. We're constantly doing upgrades. Right now, our developers working on group numbers. So you can, you're can you going to be able to enter your whole group and how many birds they shot. And It is so much fun to record your memories from every single hunt. And you can connect with friends. There's a leaderboard. Go check it out. Search Hunt Stats, whether you have an Apple or Android, and start logging your hunts today. Awesome. Let's go ahead and get on in today's podcast. All right, today we have Jaron Wassel with us here. He works with Yak Gear, and Jaron, I've known him for a couple years, and we've kind of worked together on the ambush blind for Yak Gear, and so I um, just wanted to have him on, and he's got a lot of interesting hunting stories and, and hunting life, and so Jaron, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, man. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Been high hunted all day today. I'm not only I hunted all day today, and I've got COVID, so I'm oh, I've crap. been better myself. How about you? Uh, I've already gone through that. I think pretty much twice. I know once is confirmed, and once I had it real like real early last year. But that was before they had testing. So yeah, I'm, I, it wasn't fun. That's for sure. Elliot's, I didn't even know you could get it twice. You, I think Elliot's just glad that he gets some uh, some a uh, hunting vacation, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's well, I'm not aspect. gonna, I'm not gonna publicly make that statement. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we'll 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 see, we'll see. So, <laughs> anyway, Jaron, um, what is your background? I know you work with with Yak Gear, and kind of tell us a little bit about the company of Yak Gear. Um, kind of everything that they sell, what they focus on, and how you got involved with that company. Sure. Uh, so Yager was formed really early in the 2000s, um, right at the advent of the boom and the kayaking industry. Uh, it was it basically Bill is uh, Bill Bragman, the owner, and what's really funny is he started the company building leashes uh, on his pool table in his garage. Um, that was really how the company formed. And, you know, he was making little bits and pieces saying, you know, how can I make a kayaker's life better? And he would formulate an idea and, you know, go to production with it. And he landed the Academy account and um, that's Academy sports and outdoors. I'm sorry. Um, and next thing you know, it was off to the races. Uh, the company started real small and now we've grown to, just shy of 20 employees and handling all the major box accounts across the country, like Dick Sporting Goods and Bass Pro Shop Academy. Still, um, it's been one heck of an adventure, and I've been really, been really blessed to have worked with Bill on the other side of the table as well. So, I he used to be a vendor of mine, 
and uh, we just stayed in contact for a long time and you know things kind of worked out we're now I'm part of that team and at, at first it was mostly recreational kayaking and fishing gear is that correct yeah it, it really it that's really all it was it was um a lot of it was out uh, outfitting or repair pieces and then um and then the railblazer component came into play and that's a company out of new zealand and they're primarily focused on the fishing side of it both paddle sports and marine and uh that's really kind you know yak gear is the master distributor of railblazing here in the united states and it's just it's starting to hit its stride uh it's not even into a full run yet so uh, there's a lot of runway to go and it's just really it's been exciting to see how kayaking has grown over the years and just being in the industry off and on is is refreshing it there's a lot of new faces a lot of interesting concepts and products that are out now compared to whenever i first started i mean it used to be just boat paddle leash rods and reels and and when when we started there were no such things as kayak blinds or anything like that it was just pull a neon orange boat up into the reef and try to find a place to hide it somewhere so it's a uh, it's been it's been fun i know that my perception of kayaks in both fishing and hunting has completely changed over the last four or five years because we were, we were always layout boat hunters and we had little Karsten's layouts and, and we were looking to move away from those into something different. And my friend's like, well, why don't you look into kayaks? And my perception was like, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not laying out in kayaks. I mean, I was completely against that idea. And then he got kind of looking around and everything. And, and um, he started showing me some kayaks. I'm like, whoa, that didn't, this is not matching my description of in my mind of what I thought this was going to be. And so we switched over to kayaks and it seemed like from right around that time, a lot of people did. And now it's very, very common. I used to never, ever did I see kayaks in the marsh, but now it's like, it's very common to see them. Yeah. It's it, back in the day. I mean, it was, you go like for us, we're on the Texas coast. So, you know, we would go fish and you wouldn't see, any kayaks at all um it was it was a rarity uh, even just to see one whenever you're driving say from houston down to galveston to go fish uh, if you saw someone pulling them behind their truck it was shocking um now mm -hmm. you can't go now you can't go shoot more than five miles and you run into a car with two or three on top or now they're pulling trailers and these things are about as biggest battleships now too so that's i think now that all the different sizes shapes configurations went back in the day it was really just a kind of a static shape so it's cool to see everything evolve and start to cure different different um yeah. elements of the fish hunting i mean it's it's really cool yeah absolutely and i want to get more in depth into the ambush blind but before before we do that, I want to get a little bit, you and I have talked on and off about your hunting down in Texas and everything. Why don't you tell everyone kind of what is your background in hunting? How'd you get into it? And just give your backstory. For sure. Um, I mean, it, it started, I would say, right in the beginning of high school. Uh, it was never something really that was done in my family. Um, I mean, my 
my grandfather did some bird hunting way back in like the 60s but he stopped hunting altogether and that kind of never got passed down to anybody else so my dad and I were just so I picked hunting up on my own with a friend of mine his dad took me on my very first teal hunt and you know that it stuck you know it, everything was off to the races from there and then it kind of went on the back burner through college um my focus was just getting out of out of college at that point and uh but once i got out it was it was back on and we did a lot of i uh, started doing more of the coastal kayak hunting because there was just not a lot of access to walk in and if you did it was it was semi-dangerous because the coastal mud is so deep you can get stuck and get in a bad way really fast so hmm. we, we just turned to the kayaks and um we did that for a really long time and now it's even gotten worse the addiction grown and now we've got side by side we get leases we you know we book all sorts of different types of hunts we'll go on a you know sandhill crane hunt we'll go on a snow goose hunt we'll you know i like to go up north into your neck of the woods elliot and go hunt mallards you know, when possible um uh, that's that's really my hunting in a nutshell it's it's I'm a novice when it comes to longevity still, but the passion is extremely, extremely deep. Yeah. Yeah. It was really unfortunate last year. You were up in my area and we were talking and the hunting was just terrible. And I, there was just bad reports everywhere and you were heading home and you had gotten like four hours away and the, the good the reports started coming in of just phenomenal hunts. And I went out like a day later and had one of the best hunts of my entire life. We were just pounding mallards and it was extremely unfortunate for your visit last year. for sure. Yeah. Uh, lesson learned, <laughs> you know, for sure. Yeah. Uh, there were some tenants when I got home too, because I think, uh, you know, y'all were going through a really good spell. I came back down here and dove right back into our extremely terrible spell it seems to be two years running <laughs> it was uh, uh yeah it's, it's been pretty dry um from at least just quality hunt and but you know that's what it is it's hunting it ain't killing right so uh yeah. it's just more important to get out there and have fun and absorb where you're at jaren i got mm -hmm. a, qu a couple questions about your hunting um just to dive into it a little bit deeper but um I guess, uh, how often do you hunt a year? I mean, do you, obviously you're making trips, so you're not, not necessarily a, a casual hunter, but I'm just curious, uh, you know, how often you hunt in a year? Yeah. Um, I would say through season, I hunt every single weekend, uh, minus maybe one or two. I mean, the things always pop up, but, mm -hmm. um, with our lease, I'm only, I'm with a good lease we really only hunt are able to hunt three days a week so we can rest the properties and get those birds a good chance to settle back down and, you know, just cool off. But on that, on, out of those three days, I'm hunting two guaranteed every single week. Um, there are numerous weeks with where I sprinkle in the Wednesday that I'll go. And then I pick up additional hunts here and there where, where I can, uh, my actual, my photographer at work, He's got a Ginu, which is a shallow running boat, and uh, I'm looking to take a couple trips with him. His name's David. He's actually the one that came up with me to Kansas last year. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to go with him a couple times. So, I mean, if 
I had to, I'd probably get a good 40 to 50 hunts in, in a season. Awesome. And, uh, are you like, uh, how, how often do you kayak hunt as far as, uh, your mode of transportation? Um, I would say it's a pretty small number, um, just due to the, the type of hunts that I've got lined up or I have the ability to go on, but we do make specific trips to go to that because we have some, we have some haunts that we don't necessarily visit all the time to keep them fresh and no one really knows about them. I would say in a season we do probably five to eight hunts via kayak, and but it, mm-hmm. it's we've got to have the right weather, the right tidal movement, mm-hmm. um, it, all of that has to line up right for us to even get in there. You know, tide is a, a big thing here on the coast. Is if you're on the backside of a, a big norther, that water dumps completely out of the bay and then you get stuck. So I mean tidal flow is, is crucial and but yeah i would say five to eight hunts and dedicated kayak hunts awesome yeah kayak hunts like that laying out are a lot of fun um in my area we don't do them a lot either uh, not a ton probably even probably even less than you um but you know it definitely is a really really cool experience the layout style that way uh, for sure yeah it's, i like it because it's a real intimate hunt um mm-hmm. if you do it if you do it right i mean you can at least from my experience, if you do it right, you can get birds to land so much closer to you in a kayak than you can say like a, a big boat blind or a, a shoreline built blind. Um, I would equate it to just, you know, a layout hunt, even on the side of like a farm pond. It, it's that kind of intimacy. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, the last, last question, you make some trips, but, uh, um, you got, you got like a favorite, uh, state that you hunt. Um, right, right now, Kansas, uh, I, I'm, I would be willing to make that drive there no matter what. I still have family that live there, so it makes it really easy to, you know, ask off for work and say, Hey, I'm going to go see family and you get to mix in hunting while you're there. Uh, Kansas for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to get to cross off one of my bucket list hunts. Uh, right in the beginning of December, we're going to Habitat Flat and, uh, so I'll get that northern Missouri style hunting uh, checked off my off my bucket list. I'm, I'm really excited about that one. So oh, Missouri yeah. made me jump to the top. I have no idea. It just depends on how that goes. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> back back to you, Elliot. So what what kind of ducks are you? What kind of ducks are you killing down there? I'm assuming pintails, green wings, gadwalls, with some mallards mixed in. Um, you had it pegged until mallards. Um, we don't get a whole yeah. we don't get a whole lot of them down here. Not to say that they aren't here. Uh, there are some pockets. There's actually a little pocket on the Katy Prairie, not too far from where I live, here in Brookshire. Um, we uh, it's like a prairie marsh hole, and it's it's kind of I think they're subdivision birds, but they <laughs> they always go into this pothole, and uh, this mm-hmm. one guy has access to it. You can watch them dump in, but mostly it's. It's gadwall, it's pintail. We've got a ton of pintail down right now. Um, we got green wing, blue wing, shovelers. Um, that's, pr- I mean, we have, we've had a couple of hunts here lately where we've been killing merganders. That, well, my group has, <laughs> I'm not, but my group has. <laughs> Common merganser or headed? <laughs> I don't typically like to shoot what I consider contraband, but, uh, 
Are those common? Yeah. Are those common merganser or hooded merganser? They're hooded. Okay, that's a big step up from the common merganser because those are disgusting. You know what they say? Yeah. Kill a merganser, save ten thousand trout. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, we've also got a pretty steady supply of uh, speckle belly and snows down right now. It should it it should continue to grow as we get further into the season. Uh, we usually get a really big population of speckle belly nowhere near like an Arkansas or northern Louisiana, but um, it's starting to grow still. And our our sandhill crane uh, population continues to grow as the season goes too. So on your ideal duck hunting day, what would your bag be? Of what what birds would you kill? Like your ultimate um, Texas duck hunt. Um, well, y'all got to get your pintail kicker. Um, mm-hmm. the nice thing about our, our sprigs down here is they, when the bulls come down here, they're usually got a really stout sprig on them. Uh, a friend of mine killed one last year. I think it went about seven inches. It was a big sprig. Wow. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. Um, my, my, my bucket list bag would definitely be go get your sprig and, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty easygoing guy to please. I I love to shoot a big old fat bag of gadwall. There's nothing like a bunch of dumb gray ducks dumping into a pond. That always makes it fun. Do you find gadwalls yeah. taste different, or do they not taste any, uh, any different? Down than... here, I don't. Down here, I don't think so. Um, I, I eat them just like I do mallards. Uh, I love to breast them out with the skin and fat still on them, and treat them just like a steak. Awesome, I'm right. I'm right with you on that. But there's some controversy with with some guys that they think that they uh they don't taste um as good. <laughs> I'm just not buying it. I think it's. I think I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll say I this: we did a, we did a taste it. test. We did a taste test last year, and Aiden did it, and the Chasing Green guys did it, and myself, and I could certainly tell the difference. Um, everyone could tell the difference between the two, between a mallard and a gadwall. The gadwall was yeah. horrible. Now we were just cooking these over a fire with no seasoning, nothing. This was just like you know, as just as raw. base as it gets. But yeah, but I mean, you could taste the difference. Every one of us could taste the difference between the mallard and the gadwall. But we eat gadwall all the time, and don't don't worry about. It. I will say there is sometimes, and this happens with widgeon as well. I cleaned a widgeon last year, and it just smelled awful. I mean, just terrible. So I think you get certain birds that have been eating something that causes them to smell bad. But I certainly do not believe that your average gadwall is unedible at all. Mm. That's what I was curious about. If it had a lot to do with forage type, you know, Um, we have a lot of rice. We have a, we have a lot of rice down here. It's the predominant, um, it's the predominant crop. And Mm -hmm. I'm curious if that has a lot to do with how it potentially could change um, the flavor of the bird. Um, I mean, wood duck is wood duck for me. I, it, it doesn't matter where you go shoot one at it. They, they consistently eat acorns all over across the United States. I mean, to me, they always taste the same no matter where I shoot them, but I've had, I've, I've killed a mallard down here that tasted different than the ones that we shoot up in Neo show. So mm. I'm, I'm always just been curious if it, it if that forage type is really the biggest contributing factor, and it's, it's got to be, I, I, would, I would think so. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely has to do with 
with what they eat. I definitely would agree with that, and uh, I'll, I'll agree with wood ducks are are great eating ducks and also great decoyers as well. Yeah, I, it, that's a great one. I, I, I but yeah, ideally a sprig. You got some uh, gray ducks mixed in, and then um, I always like to shoot teal. So I mean, throwing a couple of greenies, and I'm a happy guy. Nice. Yeah, they're wonderful little ducks. I, I don't know where they are this year. We're not seeing them. Uh, I mean, I shot a few green wings during teal season, but I have not shot a single green wing um, once the season started up here. It's weird. It's like, where are they? Where where are these little green wings at? Yeah, I mean, usually we've got them by wads right now, and we have not seen them. We've got a really healthy supply of blue wing right uh, down right now, though. Um, I, we had probably one of the worst teal seasons that I can remember this year. It, nothing panned out for us. We had that hurricane that came in. It pushed them west. It pushed them south. Uh, any of the resident birds that were here already. And, and then we didn't get our pre, uh, preseason front that we had been getting for like the last three or four years. The, it was just a bad shoot, a really bad shoot. Um, but now when we've had all these fronts come through, it seems like all the birds that were up north, have been fi- they finally have pushed back down into our region. If you look across the scouting reports from all the guide services or any of the outfitters around here, I'm a, the predominant species killed right now is blue wing. Hmm. Now, are they plumed out yet, or is that too early? Um, n- typically, they're already they're they're typically they're they've pushed out by now. You, yeah. you we get hmm. we get some you know you get some residual birds, and every once in a while you'll get one say on in late January that maybe is doing an early reverse migration, depending on the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the only time we ever see the ones that got the crescent moon face. Yeah. We, I've never seen one in person. I have one in my freezer right now. <laughs> I'm waiting to yeah, get it added beautiful. to my green wing mount. Yeah, I've only seen them on the reverse side, like you're saying. Like, I've got them um, in the spring. I've seen blue wings that are fully plumed out. But, we, yeah, we're, we're in oh, northern yeah, Indiana yeah, here. But uh, never seen them in season. It would be awesome to shoot one of those. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, they stand uh, wait, out. Ben so Page much. shot one few years ago in kansas been been paid shot a plumed out one like in december man that'd be awesome unheard of yeah yeah it they're they're beautiful well let's go ahead and transition into talking about the ambush blind um which i'm really interested in because i love i love layout hunting and this is a there's a hole in the market for kayak blinds right now and um, Yak Gear is coming out with their second version. So talk a little bit just about the history of the Yak Gear Ambush Bind, um, how the idea gets started. I know that you guys had version 1.0, and now 2.0 is out. Let's give us a little background on that product. Sure. Yeah. Um, so from what I understand, uh, when I came on, uh, Bill, the owner, his son, is a he's a duck hunter as well, and being a kayak company, it only seemed like a, the best thing to do to marry both worlds, right? So um, they came out with the initial cover. Um, when I came on, I started looking at the blinds and I started doing a little bit of research through the Facebook groups, uh, just trying to see what the overarching consensus was on our product. 
um, it was about mm-hmm. that time when I reached out to you, Elliot, just to kind of, you know, um, get your feedback on it and everything. Cause you know, being a follower of your guys' channels and specifically yours for so long, I knew you hunted that way. Uh, I knew there were some mm-hmm. opportunities with that piece. It, it, it hadn't really, it offered a solution, but not maybe the best solution. Um, mm-hmm. so I went out there and started reading up on what people had to say and, you know, number one, the doors were, you know, not ideal. The brush loops were real loose. Um, so that's what we set out this year to do is get a little bit more refinement built to the piece. You know, I've, I've got numerous layouts. I've got A-frames, and, you know, I brought those pieces in so we could look at how the, the brush loops were stitched, how wide the gaps were, the type of strapping used. And we tried really to implement a lot of those bits and pieces into this one. So more loops, uh, more and tighter gaps, and then uh, trying to address the doors. Um, but that, that's really the background on that piece. It, it, it's been a strong seller for us. Um, it's, a, it's a really good solution. And there's other, like you said, there's a hole in the market for it. There, there are other competitor blinds that are out there. The problem is, is you just can't find them. And yeah. I'm not sure. I'm, and that was in a non-supply chain constraint year, right? It's like a normal mm-hmm. occurrence. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm not going to say I'm necessarily knocking anybody for not ordering us. Um, I consider it a blessing on our behalf because it gets more attention on ours. But um, it is. It, it's a growing segment that really needs to be addressed. And I feel this piece comes in and fits that niche perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there is very, very little on the market to address um, a blind that goes on a kayak or a layout boat that you can just pop on there, brush and go. I mean, there's it's, it's almost not it's almost non-existent. And when I started using the the first version, the thing that stuck out to me is it's the good thing about these blinds is they can fit multiple size kayaks. But the first one, it was just so much material. It was difficult to get it to fit snug and that's one thing that you know in our meetings we worked really really hard on is making this adjustable so that it will fit snugly to each you know whether it's a 12 foot a 10 foot 14 foot that all you can conform it to fit nice and tight and and that that was the big challenge and we spent a lot of time on that and i used it the other day and unfortunately i I fired zero shells so it's not going to be a video (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um you know it it's it's a vast improvement um from the last one and and a vi- and a viable product for sure and and so yeah, i i that, think that, that was one of the big we, things go that, ahead, that go. was definitely yeah, that was definitely one of the big things that we had a challenge with it was how it fit particular boats uh the i think where we where we kind of helped ourselves this lat this year it was we implemented a little bit of these side straps to help pull up the excess material around the cockpit because mm-hmm. uh, yes. before you didn't have that feature and it just kind of sagged off and you yeah. know either drug in the water or you couldn't get the cockpit cinched up tight enough to pull up the excess mm-hmm. uh, that was that mm-hmm. was a pretty big challenge um and bill bill actually you know I, he was the one who came up with the concept for that and you know it, that was a really good thought by him. Um, 
yeah, we, we're going to do more as this. This is an ever evolving piece, right? Like nothing's yeah. ever perfect. So I mean, we've, we've already got plans and ideas for what we can do to make this thing bigger and better for the next year. But um, yeah, just small, subtle enhancements go a really long way, in my opinion. Uh, it shows that we're listening to our consumer because, um, I mean, ultimately, they're the ones buying it, right? So uh, yeah. just listening what they've got to say and sitting back and evaluating everything is, okay, how big of an issue is this guy bringing up? Is that truly an issue? Um, what can we do to solve it? Uh, it, it just, it's really good to stay in touch with your consumer base and having multiple channels that we were able to go through. Like, and it's a lot of it's Facebook, right? I mean, they're the most, they're the most outspoken group. So we listened to a lot of those kayak duck hunter guys on there and, and your, your feedback was invaluable. Um, we couldn't have done, we couldn't have come up with the, the current iteration without your help and we really do appreciate that so i just want to take a time to tell you thank you oh i enjoyed it the whole process was really um i thought interesting and fun and i i was honored to be a part to be a part of the whole thing and and i'm using it so and it, it's a it's certainly a, a viable product it works as described for sure yeah it, you know it's, we're we're going to continue to the, the number one problem I'm having with it with uh because i'm 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 a semi-perfectionist and it's a, it's mm-hmm. a curse to have that on your mental state, but I'm already <laughs> sitting there thinking two or three seasons down the road, like, what is this going to look like? What do I need to get yeah. into? Uh, is there an advantage to using a frame door? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the other company does. Um, yeah. What's the drawback? It, there's a whole plethora of things that I'm trying to think through and stay ahead of it. And, um, you know, we, we already have, we, we semi-framed the doors this year, which was a big deal. Uh, we shortened them up. The, we put, um, we put rods in it to give it some kind of a structure. And I, you know, is it, is it the perfect fix? No, but it is an ideal fix compared to the prior iteration. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they serve their purpose, but they tend to be a little bit more cumbersome. Um, yeah, but you know, like, we're already listening to what people are saying with this new one that, that's out. And they've, they've pointed out some really interesting uh, things. They've, they've said a majority of the issues they had with the blind were addressed with the, the fit, uh, the, the brush loops, the, and the, you know, they bring up the doors still every now and then that, Hey, can we do this? Or, Hey, can we do that? That's a good thing. Uh, and I want to, I want to keep mm-hmm. that yeah. open dialogue going. And if you guys are interested in, in seeing um, this blind or purchasing it, you can go to yakgear.com. I actually made a video kind of showing the installation and the blind a little bit, and it is there on that site. So you can go and, and take a look at that and, and see what this is all about. But if you've been waiting for a blind for your layout or kayak and frustrated by it, this is certainly a, an option that will that will meet the demands of what you're looking for. I can tell you, cause I've hunted, I've hunted it myself. So don't, don't hesitate to do that guys. Yeah. It, it, it makes a great Christmas present too. Um, I, I, I can't wait to see, you know, some, uh, just going to kind of throw out the groundwork here though, but keep your eyes open. There may or may not be something that pops up on black Friday. Uh, just wanted to throw it out there as a teaser. So, uh, 
you know, yep. look for something maybe on our website come Black Friday morning. Uh, it may or may not be on that piece. I can't confirm, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned. Awesome. Well, Jordan. Yeah, well, I guess it's probably a good, a pretty good place to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, Elliot mentioned where you guys could find it online. Do you have any other uh, plugs or Instagram or anything like that you want to add on to there, Jaron? Yeah, you can follow uh, you can follow Yak Gear on all the major social media platforms. We're on uh, Twitter, we're on Snapchat, we're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, just a little bit, um, but we are there. Um, that's pretty much yeah. That's pretty much where where we're, you can find us. Yakgear.com. That's our main website. Our subsidiary account is therailblazerusa.com. Um, Feel free to go and check that out. We've got accessories on there that uh, will help the hunter as well. We've got gun holds and track mounts that will help the gun holds on there, on your boats and everything. Awesome. Well, really appreciate you coming on tonight. And, guys, make sure to check that out. Elliot was a, a big part of, of getting this going, and he's super proud of, of the project they had here. And um, you guys won't regret it. So, yakgear.com. Um, but that's all we got for tonight. I'm Jordan from Duckin' Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Ducking, and we'll see you guys on the next one.